Hi, this is Dr. William Renner. Thank you for joining me in what we think is the best podcast in evidence-based medicine in the United States today. I'm here with Dr. Alan Safdie. Uh, Dr. Safdie and I have been involved in clinical research over the last 30 years and have published multiple peer-reviewed uh, articles. Dr. Safdie has been featured on Medical Crossfire and spoken nationally and internationally. We both continue to teach continuing medical education courses to physicians uh, internationally and nationally. Alan, uh, I've been alarmed uh, recently by the number of deaths in children and teenagers. Uh, do you want to comment on those numbers? Yeah, I, I think it's interesting, Bill, that people assume that children can't get this disease. Um, or they can get it and they're not going to potentially die from this. So we do not know the actual incidence of the disease because we haven't tested enough people. Our testing has been severely lacking in regards to testing everybody. In fact, in our office, as you know, Bill, we had we set up routine testing um, starting three days prior to any procedures. And a person walked in last week with zero symptoms and was positive for COVID. No fever, no other symptomatology, had no idea he was sick, but could spread the disease. Uh, so that's why we're doing routine testing. So if we look at deaths from COVID-19, they vary hugely by age group. So yes, previously, and a lot of this data is in, up to early May, so we've had a lot more deaths since then. And you just sent me an article about some increasing deaths being reported just in New York City and young kids. But young kids is under the age of 15. So 14-year-old and younger, there was only three deaths reported as of May 8th. But teenagers, as we get to teenagers and up to 44 years of age, there was 448 deaths. So being a teenager or somebody in your 20s and 30s does not protect you from dying from this disease. And then it increases dramatically from the age of 45 to 64 with 4,160 deaths. And then as we really know, the highest risk group of death, not disability, not morbidity, but death is over 75. But I think there's a lot of teenagers that don't realize and parents don't realize that their young kids are at risk, teenagers are at risk, people in their 20s and 30s are at risk of not only getting very sick, but of dying. Yeah, I mean, what surprises me, I mean, I was almost shocked by this, is that, um, of course, there's less teenagers dying, but it's uh, their numbers are one-tenth less. It's not much. They're one-tenth less uh, likely to die uh, than patients uh, who are between 45 and 64. So there's still a significant number of deaths in uh, teenagers. And in our neighborhood, uh, you know, we both talked about this a lot. Uh, the teenagers seem to have no uh, fear of this disease. They're all jogging together. They're all running together in packs. Uh, they're, they're at the gym together. Uh, they're, they're taking no, uh, from what I can see, I've seen very few teenagers wear masks, almost none. And I see very little social distancing in teenagers. Uh, and, and that's alarming. The other thing that's alarming, as you mentioned, is that there's been uh, more than 161 cases of uh, multi-system inflammatory disease, pediatric multi-system inflammatory disease in children in New York City. Now, New York City is probably the only place that we actually have good numbers on uh, because there's, they've done actual testing and people are very aware of the disease in New York City. 
And uh, as you mentioned, there were uh, three deaths just this week in uh, a a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and an 18-year-old. The five-year-old presenting with a headache and just progressing to severe brain edema and death. Uh, so uh, this, this is a very uh, serious disease that doesn't seem to be having the attention uh, of parents and teenagers that uh, I believe that it really should. Well, you're absolutely right. I was talking to a patient yesterday, and unfortunately, people said this is just like a bad flu. We got to remember, first of all, flu is not a reportable disease. So we probably overestimate the number of deaths because uh, that's an estimation. And secondly, the flu occurs over many months period of time. We're looking at deaths just over two months right now that have far surpassed anything that we've ever seen with influenza and is going to continue and has continued well past the point that we ever see influenza. And we'll probably come back in the fall and we have no natural immunity. The only good thing out of these numbers, when we look at some of the analysis from these numbers, was it looks like the children may be less likely than an adult to catch the virus when it's posed to an infected person. But that's really preliminary data. It looked like about 50-something percent less likely. Um, that's not 100 percent. That still gives them a significant risk of catching it, but slightly less risky for them to catch it. So when people say that, if I said there's 50% less risk, people go, okay, I can expose my kids. No, you can't because there's still a significant risk of the kids catching it and kids still can die. And a lot of people who are 17, 18, 19, 20 years of age, think of themselves as kids. And the death rate starts to go up significantly once we get into the later teenage years and into the 20s, 30s, and early 40s and then dramatically increases once you hit about 45 years of age. Um, So the high-risk group, yes, the highest-risk group, 75 and older. But still, as of May, over 4,000 deaths in the 45 to 64-year age group and close to 450 deaths. And this is before we started to see a lot of the surge in death rates. So people have to be, as you said, extremely cognizant that asymptomatic people can spread it, Social distancing should be with us for some time. Wearing a mask, especially when you're in public, don't go into a grocery store without a mask. Um, Don't expose other people. The mask is not just to protect you. It's to protect other people because you could be infected and not know that you have it. Thank you, Alan, for that great discussion on COVID-19. Well, if you liked our podcast, please subscribe. Hit the subscribe button below and please tell your friends about our podcast.